Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Johnny Womack, and this is Robert Morskowski. This is our first ever podcast. We'll see if this actually makes it online. Yes. <laughs> this might just be for us. Uh, we want to talk about what's important in movies and movies that we like. Didn't we come up with a name for it? We did. Anti-suck. Anti-suck. But I guess we stuck with the anti instead of anti. 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 Anti-suck. Anti is more forceful. I like it. Yeah. Forceful. We saw a movie about, what, two weeks ago? Yep. Evil Dead remake, or if you want to call it the remake. We, we settled on Evil Dead 2013 last night, which it should be distinguishable as just Evil Dead, because the 1981 movie is The Evil Dead. The Evil Dead. Which I wonder, like, if they, there's certain stuff they couldn't talk about in the movie, like they couldn't say Necronomicon, and they couldn't have Ash. Did think about that. So I wonder if we can say it. <laughs> we could do whatever the hell okay. we want. But it has to be, we have to make sure we're saying it in reference to the 1981 version. Good point. We watched the original two weeks ago, and then last night at about... Oh, no, we watched the 2013 two watched, weeks ago. Yes. And then we watched yes, the original we watched, uh, watched last the night, so it's fresh in our minds. So. so we thought we were going to do this today, so we brushed up and watched the 1981 film uh, just as a refresher. And boy, did I not remember it. Same here. And for I, for a film I've owned for that long and seen it that many times, yeah, I was surprised how much I did not remember. Yeah, there was definitely a, a few things that I uh, wrote down that I was like, Yes, wow. we, we tried to take notes, and Johnny did that. Mm-hmm. I just had one note because I tried to spoil anything for the 2013 crowd, but I was just very convinced re-watching the 1981 film that I was going to convince myself that it was all one universe, which they've which the filmmakers... The filmmakers have left up in the air. Which have been really cool if it was. Yeah. I would, I would really dig that. I think in the end, I, I'm still very convinced it's one universe. Yeah. And that's without, again, no spoilers, but the last three seconds of the film, the post-credit sequence, is supposed to be just an nod to oh, the fanboys. A little nugget. Yeah. Which, before that, which I think is okay to talk about, that 45 seconds leading up to that little bit at the end... You have the professor from the first film talking. Yes, that was a cool little treat. Yes. I really thought that was neat. So I think that's a little more one university than the post credit sequence. What's the movie about, Johnny? I don't know how detailed you want to go with this. Uh, what kind of movie is it? It is a horror film slash... I, I don't think a lot of people would be surprised by that. Okay, one thing we all need to clarify that a lot of people have been saying online and even even my wife has said, this is not a zombie movie. So all you Walking Dead people out there, this is not a zombie movie. Yep. Go home. Yes. Demonology. Demon Possession. Demon Possession. Evil Dead, 2013. About a group of friends who go to a cabin and they're going to get their friend Mia off of heroin once and for all. But the audience has already been introduced to the cabin and the demons through the opening sequence. There's just a girl walking through the woods, and I was under the impression we were seeing the end of the movie at first. Oh, see, that's what I thought. I thought it was like, all right, well, they're going to start with the end first. She's just all beaten and bloody and walking through the woods, and like... Very hot, by the way, I might add. I, we, we assume at one point we're going through that hillbilly horror movie kind of thing. Like uh, Hills Have Eyes. Let's go with The Hills Have Eyes. Um, the, the Hills Have Eyes, the original, definitely. They start these These two hillbillies, we'll call them. I think redneck is considered racist these days. Yes, okay. redneck is not politically correct. So. Two of Honey Boo Boo's dads <laughs> yes. start running after her with guns. They catch up to her, and she's like, oh, no, what's going on? Help. She's very frightened and unaware of what's going on. Next thing you know, she's in a basement tied to the pillar in the middle of the room. 
And there's a crazy Spanish lady. Yeah. Who is looking through the not Necronomicon. Right, a different book. Yeah, not the Necronomicon. Certainly not. Yeah. Uh, and she says that you got to kill her. And she's talking to the young girl's dad. Yeah, and at this point, the girl is still freaking out and doesn't yeah. understand what's going on. She's just, like, unaware, oblivious. Or so we think. Or so we think at the moment. She's oblivious. Then as soon as uh, she starts getting doused in gasoline, kind of changes her tune a little. Yeah, I wouldn't like being doused in gasoline no. either. Especially oh. with, this gas, with gas prices nowadays. You know, I don't know back back then. but Then she gets all veiny and has new contacts put in for some reason. And yeah, her voice changes a bit. Voice changes. Yeah, a little, a little pitch shifter. There. Really potty-mouthed. Yeah, she likes to curse. Does a lot of naughty things. Yeesh. Boy, how this is an R-rated film, we should clarify. So then dad has to kill his daughter. Well, first of all, he apologizes. Oh, he, yeah. He's like, I'm so sorry. And we know. find out that the girl killed her own mom. Right. And dad's trying to do the right thing by setting her on fire and blowing her head off with a shotgun. Which looked really good, by the way. Which looked fantastic. I was very impressed. Yeah, I mean... Smash cut, black. Yes. Then it's the other. Then it's the original like 1981 movie all over again, word for word, shot for shot. Then you know Gus Van Sant made this. Yes, yeah. of course. Yeah. Edgy. Very edgy. Yeah. Then it's the <laughs> Mia and her friends trying to get her off heroin. That's and an interesting... That's something that's very much different than the uh, 1981 mm-hmm. version. This has more of a story. You, you know, based... Yeah. Uh, I was... I was. I kept looking for a lot of direct lifts from the original movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was happy I didn't find that many. Starting with that. Like, they are there for their own reasons. Starts off there just traveling through the woods. They've been there in their Jeep. I think some other friends are there. They have another car. Is it like a little station wagon or something? Yeah, it looked like a... Some sort of One of those modern knee station wagons. So people don't have to call them station wagons anymore. Yeah. That's an old school term now. And they're already there, and there's the long-haired guy who's the English teacher with the glasses, of course. Yeah, very geeky looking. Looks straight out of the seventies. Oh yeah, his his, his is, clothes. Is that a thing now? Are people dress like that again? Yeah, well, he looks like he's one of those uh, those uh, what's that type of music? Not it's like that bluegrassy kind of folky kind of like yeah. They listen to that type of music. They're like stuck back in the Creed. Yeah, yeah, Creed. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was going for like Leonard Skinner too. Maybe. Yeah, a little, a little Nickel Creek. Nickel Creek. Yeah, yeah, love them. Yeah, they're. Classic. You know, and you've got... Mumfords and Sons and, you know, all those bands. Yeah. You've got the character of Natalie, who's the, the nurse. She's going to help Mia mm-hmm. get off heroin. And Mia's brother David is there, who physically, for there not being the character of Ash in the film, he's dressed a little too close to Ash. Blue. He's wearing blue. Yeah, <laughs> in jeans. In jeans, yeah. Dark, he's got dark hair. Short dark hair. So you kind of... If you've seen the original, you kind of want to establish him as, oh, that's Ash. You're trying to equate. It's hard not to yeah, equate these characters to the originals. You know, There's not a nurse in the original. You've also got the blonde, do-nothing girlfriend of David. Right. She is there to get killed. David is, to clarify, David is Mia's uh, brother. So Thank you for clarifying. Yes, clarification needed. Olivia, Olivia is David's do-nothing there to get killed. Well, we didn't even know they were boyfriend and girlfriend at first. They didn't want, didn't they? Did they? Touchy feely. Were they? I couldn't recall that part, but they. But in the end of the movie, you you realize uh, I don't know how close they were because he didn't really have much to do with her 
spoiler. From that point on, it wasn't. Are like, you saying that because he cut both her arms off? That could be the point. But I just didn't really feel a chemistry between the two characters no. as well. There no. wasn't, you know, hey, babe, what's uh-uh. going on? You know, at least Ash's character, you know, with his girlfriend, he was very, you know, trying to be hesitant at everything, you know. We do get a few, like, plot points that can't take me by surprise. One of which is David and Mia's mother was crazy. Because they, they kind of grew up, not grew up, but they was this cabin was like their summer home. Yeah, no, this is different than the the original. Or the original, I, I guess they, it wasn't something, they, a house that they grew up in or for the summer and whatnot. This is their summer home. Still and has pictures of, pictures them of them on the wall. Yeah, now, it's, now I, I take it it's been a while since they've been back there. Because mm. uh, the house looked like it hasn't been turned on for a few years. Uh, dust on the pictures. Um, you know, like the uh, fireplace looked like it hadn't, you know. Very convincing Photoshop. Yeah. Yeah, it was not bad. Not bad. Also, turns out this is not the first time Natalie's tried to get off heroin. No, she's she's done this. These are what three, three times. This is her third. Attempt? I remember one time they were talking about because I remember like I, I don't. It wasn't during her getting off heroin, but they said she did die at one point. Yes, is it she died and she was technically dead for however long? Yeah, and then the nurse. That's why life. the nurse was very hesitant. And her friend, the nurse, uh, she. She, uh, they thought this. The main reason to bring them out there is that way, if they had enough people there to help her, uh, she wouldn't run away and get, you know, uh, get her fix, so to speak. She can go through the withdrawal, withdrawals, which I hear when you're on that uh, withdrawals, it's, it's it's nuts. It can make you hallucinate. It can make you, you know, uh, vomit. You, can, you know, all those side effects, which is what they thought mm-hmm. in the beginning is what she was going through. You know, we start off with English teacher guy. Who I believe is Eric. Eric, yes. He goes downstairs and That's right. Uh oh. That's right. The not Necronomicon is down there. Yes. With a sawed off shotgun. The same sawed off shotgun we're assuming In uh, Army Darkness. Whoa. Well, I was gonna say the dad in the beginning. Oh, true. Blows his daughter's true, head off. True, true. While she's on fire. Well, yeah, because that that's to clarify that that looks like this the same spot. I mean, that has to be. I mean, you imagine that they go downstairs, and sure seems like the basement from the opening sequence. Right, right. So we we know that this related. Now, you want to talk about the animals when he walks down? He sees that first. Yeah. Um. Which was strange because you and I weren't sure if that was in the original or not. It seems like, in retrospect, and that's how I, I viewed a lot of the film was in retrospect. You can look at happen like things that were just happened to be there. In the original, might have been amped up for this 2013 movie. Mm-hmm. So, of course, Eric finds the Necronomicon down in Spooky Basement where there's cats hanging upside down, dead. Yeah, really unsettling. Which might be a throw forward from the original where you walk in the tool shed and you see there's some bits of animals hanging, right, but right, not right. quite as disgusting. or right, dead rats and yeah. stuff like that. So Eric, of course, being the English major that he is, has to read every book he comes across. And what I didn't know is English majors actually have to read their books out loud when they find yeah, them. Yeah, when no one's around. Even when it says, don't read this book when <laughs> right. you find it. And it's on every page, don't read this book. The next thing you know, Mia decides she's going to step outside for a cigarette. Sees herself. Yes, that was really... Abomination Mia. Yeah. Thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> Bizarro Mia. <laughs> and she's like, oh, going inside. That's when the shakes really come on from her detox. Right. And she's like, I want out of here, I want out of here, I want out of here. And she's next, asking her brother to go ahead and just 
take off, you know, get the keys and take off. So she actually does take the keys. Yes. We don't see how, but somehow she gets the keys. And yep. Next thing I go, vroom, yep. going through the woods in the rain. It starts to rain, yeah. yeah. All of a sudden it starts to rain, which is, uh, you know. Then what happens? And then she sees <laughs> she sees a, a figure out in the road. Abomination Mia. A <laughs> bizarro Mia. Bizarro Mia. <laughs> and uh, she swerves to hit and she falls into a, some sort a of. A little creek. Creek, yeah. And gets out for some reason instead of waiting for her friends. Now, one thing I thought I would note here at this point, the music at this point in the film is a throwback to the original music that was played. Uh, I picked up on it but last night. We were watching the uh, uh, 1981. It's kind of neat that they threw some music cues. Uh, so any of you film score buffs out there would uh, appreciate that. I think there's a lot of little things like that that were really thought about. Yeah. And it's not just, oh, demons and five kids and tree rape yeah speaking of tree rape so at that point she's 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 got like probably about three feet of water in her car and she's waking up from her head from the steering wheel and she has her bag which she carries and all of a sudden she's like really worried about her bag and then she just says screw it when she starts to feel scared so she just leaves her bag into the water and then she tries to open up and she doesn't go to the bank of the creek where the car came in she decides to cross the creek for some reason yeah then the trees take her, pick her up, and tree rape. Well, they, you know, this is very equated, you know, back to the, uh, very similar to the original. Similar. Similar. But yeah. I think, again, we watched it, the, it wasn't meant to be like a remake of the original scene. Well, and also, let's clarify, different. this was not, the, the scene in the original was a lot more NC-17, you know, a lot, uh, a little more graphic. A lot graphic. quicker, a lot more, a lot more shocky yeah and and, and nudity as well and, and there was nudity in the original not the, not in the remake uh yeah. which uh she's like on the cw i don't think she's allowed to do yeah <laughs> wintry hill watch out <laughs> no pun intended the trees ah so, ah <laughs> uh, anyway so she gets she gets uh she gets wood and mm-hmm. uh she runs off and then she goes crazy like so weird yeah she freaks out she runs through the door and uh, they all think she's just having a bad detox. Yep. She's, hallucinations are, are a common thing with uh, with uh, detox uh, withdrawals. You know, you, you, you get the shakes, you sweats, hallucination, you know. Now, here's the point where we can start talking about both films. Right. Because we can start talking about the not Necronomicon and the Necronomicon from the original. Yes. What they're trying to tell us in this one is that the 2013 one is that... The not Necronomicon needs like sacrifices, right? To bring upon, let's just say Satan, bring on the evil. Yeah, the the evil one, the evil. But there's like a harbinger first, yes, that comes after. It's a good word. These harbinger. five is that how you say it. Harbinger. Har- I think it's harbinger. I think when that comic book was out of the same name, I think I was calling it harbinger, but I was like twelve. It's true. So let's go. But with I harbinger. think harbinger is yeah. fine. You are the Harbinger of Carathrace. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Battlestar Galactica reference. So what the book wants is someone's got to burn themselves with with hot water, with boiling water. Someone's got to cut an appendage off. Someone's got to get dismembered. Someone's got to cut their face off. Yeah. Uh, someone's got to get dismembered. And someone has to be burned alive. Did I miss one? So anyway, spoiler alert, those things happen. And then that releases the Harbinger, 
that our hero has to fight. But I don't think we're going to tell you who our hero is. No, we will not. Because I think that would be a big spoiler. Because it was, it was, that was surprising for me when it turned out who the real hero was in the movie. Yeah, very, very surprising. Because you know who it's not? Do nothing David, the brother. Yeah, who is nothing like Ash except nothing for his like clothes. Yeah, yeah, I know. I don't know. He tries to be like the hero, but, but I think they set it up like, okay, now where he's gonna he's gonna save the day, and no, does not happen. But but luckily, the guy who brought all this on, who would read the book when it said don't read the book, he gets killed. I think it's okay to say that. First of all, the book in the the 2013 uh, the Book of the Dead looked fantastic. The not Necronomicon. Yeah, it looked fantastic. It looked like real human flesh, uh, not plasticky, leathery like the. Obviously, technology's changed at this time, but uh, I think it looked really good. The flesh, um, the drawings are a little bit more sadistic looking, all blood and, and whatnot. Uh, and then uh, there's that scene from the trailer where he's like, you know. Things have not gone right, or whatever. He's just like, of course, everything we've done for this point on is—it's nothing is getting and better. And he started it, exactly. Like he's sitting on everyone else's case, but he started and, it. And I have to admit, the, 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 you know, overall, the acting was pretty fine. By yeah. these, but I just didn't like David. Dave, David and uh, Livia just yeah. were really flat for me. Well, Livia was it. Well, we'll get into that later. But she she didn't really have much of a. She's there to get killed, right? And that's one thing, you know, me being a seasoned horror slash thriller slash slasher. Which I am not. Which Robert is not, actually. I, there's a moment where a lot of you listeners and, and what we, we, we go into movies about, some of us out there, like myself, like to go in and see the kills, if there's any inventive kills, and, and, the, and appreciate the gore and the blood and, and all that stuff. Uh, which, I, you know, the kills in here were very interesting. They're much different than the uh, 81 uh, uh, version, so... There is a lot of shock value stuff, which is cool in this one. Yeah. Which I'm sure in the original for 1981, I'm sure the original had a lot of shock value too. Not just the tree rape. I just, I'm, I'm not a big fan of horror movies in general. I think they have to be a little more grounded for me. Like, things can be spooky, and I like those. They can be scary without right. needing axes or blades right. for fingers or machetes. Yeah, I'd, I never really liked... Um, well, let me movies. let me throw you out some movies, and you tell me what. No, you've... I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Okay. Like, I've never seen the original series of Halloween. However, they give you I... a timeline. Robert, you were born in nineteen seventy nine. Seventy nine. I was born in eighty two. So that way, you kind of know where our generation gap. Where mm-hmm. for the if you are in a different generation gap, you kind of know where we fall. I think I'm probably in the minority with my generation. I think a lot of people probably do go see. I think it's paranormal scary movies I just don't care for. And it's not about being spooked by them because we went and saw Evil Dead 2013 with two friends of ours. And you yes. and I sat there kind of, not stone-faced because we were really enjoying it, but never did I really feel spooked or Yeah, scared. we weren't jumped. We were like, oh my gosh, you know. But that. boy, did our friends But get, I would say most jumpy. of the audience was that way. Yeah, I, I, I think re- the majority very, of the audience was screaming and they were jumping and they were on the edge of their seats. Very interested audience. Because I, I think I like Evil Dead mostly because when I, I, I saw it when I was in film school. Mm-hmm. That's what really helped. Because, of course, we talk about how Sam Raimi did it for nothing. like Not El Mariachi, Which nothing. is the opposite of, uh, of the Spider-Man movies. He mm. did that for plenty of money. Yes. They just threw money at him. <laughs> money. Which, watching the original last night. Yes. Yeah, so we watched the original last night. Um, Remember, I don't like horror. Yes. Uh, on Netflix out there, Netflix. by the way. Netflix rules, by the way. But not Evil Dead 2. Yeah, not no Evil, Evil Dead, Dead 2. 2 on Netflix. Yeah, no, I think they're just... What's with that? I think they're just cashing in on the um, on the Evil Dead movie being mm-hmm. out, but I imagine the evil second Evil Dead um, 
will be out in so Army of Darkness. But. Johnny got us notepads. Yeah. And because I'm so diligent, I wrote one note on mine. And it just had one universe with a question mark. Yes. Because that was my only... <laughs> My only mission statement was to prove to myself that both movies exist in the same universe. Right. Now, there's a little spoilery stuff. Um, the Delta 88 from the original series, and it's in all of Sam Raimi's films, right. is in Evil Dead 2013. Well, even Drag Me to Hell had, had the... Via, the oh, yeah. There was even in Drag Me... Which is yep. another... It's in all his movies. Yeah. I hear... No joke. I hear was dressed as a stagecoach in a deleted scene of Quick and the Dead. Yeah. But I that would be pretty fantastic. We'll have to Wikipedia that. Uh, so I, I guess we'll go through some notes that I had about the 1981. Um, yes. Because what Robert said earlier, there was not much of a budget. And I don't know if we can box office mojo the original um, budget. Well, I know the original was 90000 I just read the that. The budget was 90000 On the original. I mean. It made $2.4 million on its original theatrical run. Which is really decent for. For yeah, a $90,000 For a $90,000 film. But my thing was. The $90,000, what they did, I think a lot of it was location. It was, uh, you know, special effects. Salaries probably, the salaries probably weren't much, you know, back then. You know, they, no one knew who Bruce Campbell I, I was, right? I think these people were paid, like, in craft service. Yeah. Yeah. I don't that's, th- that's another thing I liked is we're, we started watching the original, and everybody is committed. Everybody's yes. on board. Yeah. Like, everybody seemed to know what they were doing. Even for such a small production yeah. I I, would, I had a lot more faith in the actors in the originals than I did well, in the remake. I think what's great about the original, and I'll, I'll go over some of my notes here, was just how like simplistic stuff that you don't need to spend money and have tons of CG, which wasn't really prevalent much back then. Uh, Scotty it goes through and he's grabbing the the keys on top of the doorway or whatever, very old style keys. I, the, you mm. see, the key ring looks very like Pirates of the Caribbean. Well, just if you just do your math, like. If the movie, you know, the movie was filmed in 78. Right. It was 78. That's something important. And to it's know. already like an old cabin at that point. So right. you can assume it was built in the 40s or 50s. But there's a scene where he's grabbing the keys and the porch swing next to it, to the right of him, uh, keeps swinging back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Dong. Dong. Very, very uh, rhythmic. Dong. You know, very rhythmic uh, syncopation there. And then as soon as he grabs the keys, it, it stops. Like this small, simple, subtle things like that, that clever, that don't. Didn't cost any money to do. That it's like things that are just spooky enough, right? Without overdoing it, there's like, oh, yeah, creepy. So there's there's a scene where Shelley is in a bathroom, right? She's in the bathroom, I think, or I think she's just in like a sitting room, sitting room, and so she's sitting there and she's just sketching a clock that she sees, a old clock, a father, like a miniature father clock or whatever. The clock, and all of a sudden it's going back and forth, a little thing on the bottom, and then all of a sudden it stops. Don't. Yep, so it stops, <laughs> and she gets all possessed, handy. Yeah, well, something I never noticed until we watched it mm-hmm. uh, last night for me and with Robert and I. He both. had to point this out for me. Yeah, her hand, because she's moving fr- frantically, so you're not really paying she, attention. She's sketching, and then all of a sudden she goes like her hand goes bonkers, starts and sketching. Her hands like crazy. So, anyways, her hand, her hand is she's sketching really fast. We just edited out a whole bunch of hand job jokes. We sure did. Uh, so her hand's going crazy, and uh, and this is a pencil back in the, you know, not pens or anything. Uh, she got a pencil and she's on the pad, and her hands all like green and veiny and, yes. and really scaly. It's like looking. only her hand started becoming possessed by a Kandarian demon, right? Which is crazy, and she starts drawing. 
Mm-hmm. And, and she doesn't know what she's drawing kind at first. It looks like a book. Yeah. With a face on it. Yeah, very strange. I don't yeah. know where that's going to... Yeah. Now, I, I want to point something out here. We have the Necronomicon in the original, which, by the way, you can't have any kind of realistic look at uh, continuity between the original movies. I, I See, of course, I'm looking at the one universe thing. Right. I'm trying to, like, tick every scene, like, how could this be related to the original? Mm-hmm. And I, of course... They have the not Necronomicon in the 2013 film. Right. I kept thinking, like, what if the demons are the one possessing people just to keep making this book? Mm, interesting. So they just, like, possess somebody, and then they make another hand. And, you know, they get possessed, and then they make another book, and that's the next book. Huh. Because the book is different. Because it doesn't never looks the same. But, again, like, trying to put continuity between the movies to begin with is kind of a, a fool's errand. Right. I, guess I probably pushed too far trying to think of it as one universe. Because then we get to... And that was another thing I was thinking of, because in the 2013 film, there's the five things that have to happen to somebody to unleash the Harbinger. Right. And I kept thinking, like, well, over the course of the original trilogy, did we get all those things happen to somebody? Right. Which I don't think we did. But then again, we never saw the Harbinger in the original trilogy. No, we did not. So maybe we only got well, a few of Well, it's one thing we things. also talk that's different than the major difference that I, I didn't write down, but I wrote down in my head, I guess, uh, mental note, was it seems like the demons were coming by the numbers in the original. Mm-hmm. Like, they were just coming after everybody, and as nor, opposed to And it's the, not about killing them. It's about making them suffer, and then they get killed. Right. Well, that's something... It's not... They don't, they don't try to kill people right off the bat. Right. And I think it's strange, because, like, in the 2013, it's almost as if... They were transferring their essence from body to body as opposed... You know, it seemed like it was their, one right. demon. Right, as opposed to the original where it was multiple... It seemed like multiple demons coming out of the woods, you know, that bird's eye view coming down and hitting everybody. Well, I think in the 2013 one, they say to get rid of the demon, you have to chop it up. You have to chop the body up of that, that and person. And bury it, right? Did they say bury it? Well, or, I just, it, I or, it or just bury it. Yeah. yeah, or bury it. Or bury it alive. Which bury in the alive. originals, we see... People pieces. possessed that get torn apart. Once they were dead, they seem not to be possessed. Did I? Do I? Do you remember that correctly? You remember this? Do you kind of feel the same way? Once they were dead, like the blonde chick never came back after Correct. she died. Uh, but Eric did. But maybe he didn't actually die. He just was fell into the water. That's a that's a little question mark. And he there. comes back when when he when David sets the house on fire. Spoiler. He's, right. He's there in the room. Right. We just I, I think the 2013, if you're dead, the bodies don't. They need to have some I sort of life can, source. But they don't necessarily. Well, I think what the beauty of the original, the 1981, was is that they, they, as soon as they die or they're possessed, they stay possessed. Right. Which, you know, and, and I, think the, I think the 2013 didn't do as good of a job, uh, if I'm going to do some negativity, about tricking the people as well as the two that is the, the 1981 i love the 1981 um demons are more clever uh, about you know changing the voices trying to look like the original and just trying to uh mess with you you know more tricks and more fun they were getting getting off on it more you know than the uh, 2013 um yeah there, there's a lot more energy to the original the yeah. 1981 film it's not the the 2013 one isn't fun i really enjoyed it yeah, I think there's some great kills. I think that's how you horror people put it. Yeah, kills. <laughs> um, I had a lot of fun watching it, but I, I I think it lacks the 
there's just a spark that's missing. And I don't want to put the movie down too much because I had a great time watching it. Well, the let, let's also talk about the time length of both movies. The The original 1981 was 82 minutes, which is very hard to get a full-length theatrical release uh, for that short period of time. And we walked out of the 2013 one, which we knew was 90 minutes walking 90 in. 90 minutes, yeah. Roughly and 90 minutes. And we were both surprised that it ended up actually being 90 minutes. Because well, there's a lot of stuff going on, right? And I think that's the beauty of a you know of a, of a movie that's only ninety minutes, eighty minutes, is that you don't have time for a lot of exposition. You don't have time for a lot of down times. You know, all the better. Yeah, it's just instantaneous, nonstop from the from the point you walk, you get to the cabin. You know, and I also think it's interesting. Not that we have to talk about it in the movie, but if you if you talk about Joss Whedon's uh, and Drew Goddard's um, Cabin in the Cabin Woods, in the Woods, which is fantastic, which we'll probably talk about in another later date in time, but they 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 go over stuff that they t- that happens in you know obviously from the original and then the 2013 as well. Do you think there was? With the characters in Evil Dead 2013, do you think there was a departure from the stereotypical cliches of characters we see in "quote unquote" Cabin in the Wood movies? Well, do you, it, think, do you think that happened because of Cabin in the Woods? Well, it, you no make jock, a, no slut. You make no. a good point. We have we have the whore, the athlete, the scholar, the fool, and the virgin. Good one. The fool is in a lot of slasher horror films. The fool is the one that. Which I, which I think would cover my nerd when I just right, cover. right, yeah. I think the fool is a big one because uh, the, that's the one that the wild card, the wild card that doesn't die all the time right away. You know, which is really strange because they do stupid stuff. They're the ones that almost get killed. You in know, the what, beginning let's just of stop talking about Evil Dead and let's just tell people to go see Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, <laughs> Cabin in the Woods is fantastic. If you Cabin in the Woods it. is enough. Like surprise, which is all I really care about. Yeah, like, I don't even want to spoil. I mean, I, I want... I've gotten to the point where I've seen so many movies, and I've been out of film school for so long that I feel like I've seen it all sometimes. So all all I really care about is being surprised. Yeah, in the trailer, uh, you don't really you see snippets of you see what they want you to see. You don't see the whole movie. They don't give away anything really. Uh, Kevin Woods is fantastic, uh, but it does play off the whole... It's almost like a satire of Evil Dead and all these other films because... Do you know what we haven't talked about? What? Ash. Ash. Who's Good. Ash? Bruce Campbell. Well, who's Ash the character? Oh, you mean what stereotype? What, no, uh, no, I mean, who is Ash? Like, we, we ha- we've completely skipped over Ash. Okay. Well, Ash is... Is he six foot two? Six foot one? <laughs> I don't know. Um, 195 pounds. Play, like by, play by the lovable Bruce, Bruce Campbell. Campbell. Awesome. Awesome guy. He's very stunning, very charming. And knows his craft. He knows his craft. Uh, charms the ladies. Um, men want to be like him. Uh, nice cleft chin. You know, dark hair. Uh, very charismatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes across in the beginning as sort of... It's almost random that he's the guy that makes it in right. the original... Right, there's a few things that happened in the original that you know he he missed getting hit by. The stuff. reason we love Ash doesn't really come in the 1981 film. It comes it's more true. from Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness. It's true. That's a good point. Open parentheses, medieval dead. Close parentheses. Right. But I think that's what's great about Evil Dead is y- it can be treated as a standalone film. Like if, if yes, if Evil Dead Two or Army of Darkness that mythos, I don't think they ever had the idea to do a sequel. No, when they made it. Uh-uh. I mean, the, Mac- the Necronomicon gets destroyed in the first one. Right. But I think 
as a standalone film. That's how you got to compare. You got to compare the films here. Um, how is that different than Evil Dead 2013? Well, Evil Dead 2013 has a deeper story. The production values obviously are much different, but it comes at the audience as a cabin in the woods cliche. Well, even the but music, but it's played hardcore. Well, it's more realistic too, I think, um, and just vicious. Never ending. It's relentless. Yeah. You know. Once once you get going, it's 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 a nice little. And and I'm just blown away by the pro, by the uh, use of prosthetics and these uh, little CG you use in the film. I think that's it's same thing with Raimi. I mean, they didn't have the technology really to do green screen. I mean, mm-hmm. they did, but it was. That's what really, I love. Like everything is practical. Like and nothing's really. It's uh, organic. Yeah. When you see the demons, it's all makeup or puppets. And I when I said earlier about the cast, is everyone's committed. Mm-hmm. Like everyone is. Making, oh, there's make... a scene. There's a scene. Okay, the, when you say committed, there's that scene where the blonde chick, Olivia, is that her name? In in the 2013. Yes. She goes down because she sees uh, Mia saying, "Help me!" and all this stuff. And, <laughs> and she, is gullible and it gullible. Like she goes proving down. She's there to get killed. Right. Get there to get. And she goes down there, and all of a sudden, she's all like, she starts cursing and calling her a whore and slut and all that. And Mia. Yeah, Mia. Yeah. Mia calls Olivia. Olivia, sorry. Uh, and and then all of a sudden she uh, wants uh, she stabs her her tongue right or cuts her. Mia cuts her own tongue. Cuts in her own two. Tongue. Yeah. Very like hot. Like a snake tongue, like a snake like tongue. Yeah. Serpent. The Very hot. Yeah, yeah. And just to one up themselves on the hotness, starts making out with Olivia. Making out. Oh yeah, just just hot and heavy. She's Bloody, like, gushy. I think she said that she equated it. lesbianic. Lesbianic is a great word. Making out. Yeah, and she's like, you know, you whore, you want this, you slut, you know, and then she just starts making out. And then shouldn't she spew, like, blackness all over her as well, I think, if I'm not mistaken? I think there's just blood in that scene because earlier when Mia started getting turned, she puked blood all over Natalie. Right, right, that's true. Which I love that, too, with all the practical stuff there because it wasn't just, like, blood. It actually was what, like, Mia had been eating during the day. Oh, true, true, like, yeah. Because Natalie had all this stuff stuck in her hair and just, like... Yeah. I, that's where I was, like, pointing the screen, like, oh. That's clever. Yeah. Yeah, so that was clever. Uh, let's talk more about Natalie now. Um, she... Almost pointless. Yeah. Like, we, she's set up okay, but she's only ever annoyed in the film. She's always annoyed. Yeah. Yeah, she's annoyed at why she's there. She's annoyed at... I actually thought she was going to make it a little longer. Well, you know, it's funny. Because the dissenter is usually the one that makes it a little further. Well, and I always point to um, Edward Burns in Saving Prior Ryan. The one who's, like, complaining the most is actually the one that makes it out. Spoiler. True. I think she's the first one to full-on die. She's the first one that dies. And she dies when they're all still wondering what's going on. Right. So like Maybe they're all just having, like, a mass delusion. This is after Mia came back, right? And before she gets into the shower, right? Mm. Right. Isn't it? Or she get in the shower and she's all burned, I and then they tell the her to go burning, lay down. Yeah, the burning happens first because when they bring her into the after she gets out raped by that's the woods, when she gets she does that awesome scream. Yeah, and the windows shatter, the door flies up, and they have yeah. that beautiful callback to the one by one we will take you. It's the exact dialogue from the original yeah nineteen eighty one version, which I just thought that, that's probably one of my favorite moments of the film. Yeah. So back to Natalie. So she's always annoyed. She also now they make reference a few times about how so da- after she gets puked on, right after she gets puked on because that's how they transfer the mm. essence from her. It's from one of the ways. One of the ways. But I also wonder David because Natalie makes reference like three or four times at how David hasn't been in the picture for a while and how they used to all be friends and you see pictures of them growing up in the cabin. One universe, maybe. Huh? Yeah, 
and all of a sudden David's back in the picture, and it's really strange. And now he keeps complaining about that and, because he wasn't around for the last time they tried to do this. Right, right, and that was something. And also the scene where uh, nor was he around for the final, mother for the final days of his own mother's, mother's life. Death. While she was in an insane asylum. David's mother hallucinated and thought Mia was David. And, mm-hmm. and Mia was such a good sister that she she let it go on, you know. Um, Which, that's, that's another thing I had to point out for myself was the possible one universe thing. This family had used this cabin in the past. So right. I'm, I was curious, you know, let any sequel writers out there take note. Um, I was wondering if Mia and David's mother had been driven crazy by the cabin. Good point. But again, I'm obsessed with it being one universe. Yeah. So Natalie, she she's going to do something. She's in the bathroom. I think she's yeah. She's just getting the the pukiness off. Right. And then um, Eric comes in. Yes. And and sees her. I think that's when she's he, in the shower. It, it, I think he's actually been reading the book some more because it worked out so well the first time. Yeah, he's continuing on. Re- and he sees that someone has to cut their own face off to bring on the harbinger. Well, this is a great shot where uh, Eric comes in and all of a sudden she turns around and she reminds me of the Joker from yeah. you know uh, Dark Knight and she's got like you know and she's got that wicked smile and and uh, looks at her and he's just freaking out. Slips on a piece of her face. Yes. And hurts his back. Yeah. It's kind of like classic Evil Dead, the crawling at him. And then he bashes her head to squishiness with like a piece of the sink, I think. Yes. Which is, which is great. And that's where that's where they're finally like, pardon my language, in the shit. They all have hope until that moment. Yeah. Like Mia burning herself in the shower. Meh. Could happen to anybody. Girl maybe cutting her face open because of a mass delusion. Okay. But when she gets her head bashed into nothing... That's when it's real. Yeah. That's when there's point of no return. Yeah, I thought Eric did a really good job, the guy who played He's Eric. He's actually okay. I didn't I didn't think the character was so smart. No, or... I'm talking about his reaction to the yes. whole situation oh, yes. was great. Because, like, he is just... Because she... We forgot to mention, she stabs him in the eye with... Uh, uh, I forgot about that. And now that... But how freaked... much do we really want to give away? I don't know. I, I think we should just say bits and pieces. Something happens to his eye. That's all I'm going to say. And uh, it, it, it really... Hurts. That was a, it hurts. It, it hurts a, the audience. It hurts the audience. The audience is going, <gasps> Because it's something I had never seen. And it's apparently like, especially stuff with eyeballs. Yeah. Like that, okay, I've seen Hostel. When he he's like digging out that girl's oh, eye. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. We won't, obviously we're not going to give away every little detail and nuance, but uh, it's just, from that point on, it, everything is just, it's a ride from that point on. A fun ride. A fun ride, yeah. Um, so, but I, there is let's, a... Let's go over to Olivia. Gets possessed because she makes out with Mia mm-hmm. in that hot scene. Yeah. And her hand, she gets bit by Mia while she's in the basement. Her hand starts going. And it seems like it's an homage to Evil Dead 2. Mm. But if you look at it from a one universe point of view, what happens in Evil Dead 2 is Ash gets his hand possessed. Yeah. And he cuts it off because he can't control it anymore. And the same thing happens to Olivia. And Mia's down there in the basement egging her on not to cut her hand off. So Olivia thinks she has to do the opposite. But clever demon Mia is using reverse psychology. And Olivia ends up chopping her own arm off because she can't control it anymore because it's demon possessed. But what I'm thinking is you do the one universe thing. What if Ash was actually cutting off his hand was part of the the ritual that we never heard about in the original films, but now we're seeing it's ah, a little, little after-the-fact twist. That's pretty interesting. Um, I feel like it's J.J. Abrams writing this thing. And if you haven't, if you don't know, J.J. Abrams is directing Willy Wonka 2. Yes. 
it's a sequel to the original. Yeah, they're the going Gene to, Wilder. They're going to CG his face yeah. on his younger version body. It'll be played by Andy Serkis. And again, like original cast, like they're having the original Charlie come back. Yeah, they're going to shrink him down, just yeah. like Captain America. Yeah, it's going to be pretty. It's uh, gonna be great. I, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. So, was it the release date 2014? Right? Uh, I think so. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be good. So, in the original. The 1981 film. Ash is the only character who lives to the end. True. After getting the hell beaten and scraped out of him and right. <laughs> punched out of that's, him. That's true. He's had to dismember all of his friend's body at some right. point. Mm-hmm. Only to make it to the end where there's still a little something out there. There is. And it comes for him. Yes. Cut to black. But that's where... I feel like somewhere someone has made a supercut of these movies. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because if you can just re-edit the ending, and I've thought about this, because I, I, I thought about this in film school when I saw these, which is too long ago, um, for me to remember it was such a... Uh, so 2001? Yeah, 2001, yeah. 2002. Yeah. So you just have to cut out the Necronomicon getting destroyed. Because they're waiting for, they're waiting for when it's just Scotty and Ash... They're just waiting for sunrise. They're like, it's going to be okay if it's sunrise. So you just right. cut out the part where the Necronomicon gets destroyed, and you just cut to the sun coming up. That's when the demons stop. Right. And then he comes out, walks out, everything gets distro- everything melts away with this awesome Play-Doh <laughs> special effects. It kind of it, it kind of equates back to, for me, uh, uh, Indiana Jones when they're looking at the, uh, the arc. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of that same you know, look to it. But I really dig it. Yeah. Like, even today, we're watching it. Like, I liked that even when one of them was falling, the lightning's changing on them, but they're still, like, decaying. Yeah. A it's lot like, of effort went into yeah. that. And also, I like the idea of, like, the stop motion uh, effects, too. It's, it's almost, I, I was going to use this word earlier, and I stopped. It's almost pretty, like, sweet. Like, how much effort they put into this. Like, it's almost, it's so endearing. Right. Like, it, it shouldn't be the movie that it is, but it's because they've put so much effort into it. You know what they it. missed? You know what, you know what was missing from the 1981 Evil Dead that they should have put in? It was Ash doing an emo dance. That would have been great. <laughs> Anyways, uh, rap speeding it up. Well, you uh, get to the, what, you know, we, there, it's not even a cliffhanger. And when you see the 1981 version, it just kind of like custom black. And you assume like Ash just gets taken out by this demon out there. Yeah. Well, I was saying about the supercut is you can just like you know you take Ash getting attacked, and Evil Dead Two starts with like a kind of revamped version of the first movie within right. like the first ten minutes. Right. And then it's just like eighty minutes of Ash by himself fighting demons for the rest of Evil Dead Two. Yeah. Um, Which then you see at the end there's a little alternate. At the end of Evil Dead Two, you just cut that out and cut directly into Army of Darkness where he comes through the portal. Mm-hmm. So it's just like it can be like one three hour plus movie. You know, it's funny they they throw you. I almost forgot that the him uh, having a an uh, a chainsaw arm hand or whatever you want to call it. It was not in the original. And for some reason, when I was picking yeah, up, I, I was thinking, "All right, this is the part where his arm gets cut off." And but and I was what, forgetting. You know, what I you know? forgot. There, I thought there was a dismemberment scene. So, so did I. I thought there was in too. the original. In, in 1981 version. So I was kind of surprised, like, he doesn't even use the, the chainsaw. Not at all, yeah. He uses the gun. Right. Which is not sawed-off double-barrel shotgun. Right. That he will later be known. Yeah. <laughs> be infamous for. Yeah. He's not quite the Ash we know from the other movies yet. Yeah. But he kind of, like, gets beaten into that. Like, right. 
We love Ash for that. Yeah. It's just like he's he's kind of a he's such a survivor. Yeah. Where you wouldn't think like in the first movie he just kind of happenstance that he survives. Both movies are about people find a book, mm-hmm. read from it for some reason. Well, one isn't read from. Oh, that's the true. first one isn't read from. Which is such a better idea. I think it better that you stumble this, upon this it. Professor found the book first and was rec- was was taking notes, audio uh, audio notes. notes, yeah, like a on a tape recorder, tape recorder, the Panasonic. And so tape we recorder. only hear it in the nineteen eighty one version being played back on that tape recorder after they find it. Right. So they actually never utter anything. So they're from a the little book. smarter than yes. the ones in the two thousand thirteen version. Yeah. Which I think is really creepy. Uh, it was unsettling. Uh, the, the hearing the voice, yeah, and yeah. that he could he could tell the the, the the doctor is really he makes references to his wife mm-hmm. and hence Henrietta. Henrietta. We don't know that. In- yes, we don't know, but it's very unsettling, very uneasy feeling when you're hearing that story, and then all of a sudden all these things start happening, and and uh, it's beyond their control. But the, but. You almost don't give any remorse for the Eric kid uh, in the 2013 because, I mean, he, he's the one that deliberately... You've got freaking barbed wire wrapped around the book. I mean, that's a sign that says, hey, don't touch this, you know? When, uh, that, was, that was another thing, too, is as far as, like, you can't try and create continuity without some creative thinking. So Eric tries to burn the book. Yes. Which does not work. Right. Can't. But... That's exactly how the book is destroyed in the 1981 version. Yes, so that's a major difference. But I, I think that plays again into my, the Kandarians are the ones making people write the books. Right. Because I don't think, I can't wrap my hand around. Because I know, I know there's something that contradicts that in Army of Darkness, but I can't quite put my finger on it right now. But I, what I want to talk about as we wrap up, where do they go from here? Because we know they actually announced that Ivan Raimi and Sam Raimi are working on Army of Darkness 2. Mm-hmm. Two star Bruce Campbell, groovy. What's that? A really bad Bruce Campbell. Oh, okay. Groovy. I would have never guessed. Or a Earthworm Jim. You video gamers out there, Earthworm Jim says groovy as well. Yeah, still nothing. So, so we, I, what well, I think we can't really say the hero of the 2013 one. What I, what I thought about for the, the next movie is you see the Necronomicon survived in the 2013 version mm-hmm. while the cabin sadly does not true good point there is a major difference between the between the so uh, the book lives one. on book lives on so what I figure is like someone's gonna find the Necronomicon there have been some statements that they're going to merge the series so I think what if Ash came looking for the book that would be interesting after tw- taking 20 years off from fighting Kandarian demons and he's got a little partner now which will na- rename Nameless yes. um, at this point. But without I think naming- like, that's my favorite spoiler about the film. Like what we're not talking about. Right. Do you think that the person who survives at the end actually does survive? Yes. As they walk out, they actually do not, you know, you think they still make it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I don't think they'll, I don't think a sequel will pick up right there. I think that character needs medical attention. I don't think they'll do the same thing where. They did in Halloween, where like the Kandarians just follow them to the hospital. Well, you remember there was going to be a Jason versus Freddy versus Ash. Ash, film. yes, that would have been where I read the first. I read half the comic books that came out about that, which were based on the script. I hear for that proposed movie that Sam Raimi shot down, and it had Ash showing up to Crystal Lake, and here he's opening a new S Mart. <laughs> And 
he hears about the Necronomicon that is supposedly used in the Friday the 13th series. Yes. Okay. That is again, true. haven't that is seen correct. them. I'm just that is correct. Yes. So that'd be kind of a good way to re- to bring Ash back into the fold if they were adding him to this series, the modern right. series of Evil Dead. Or I just see, like, there could be an entire sequel built around that opening sequence of the 2013 v- version. Right. Because where did all those people go? Right. You see about six characters you never see again in the movie that actually have a big clue as to what's going on here. Not only what's going on, but how to control it. Right. One final tidbit. Uh, even though this, you won't you won't be hearing the full version of this podcast as we're editing and, and making cuts. the f- The original un- uncut version of this podcast is actually eighty four minutes, which is is almost as long as an Evil Dead film. Which is oh my god, that's that's kind of interesting. Creepy, very creepy. Join us. Okay. Uh, anyways, uh, this is pretty much our thoughts and takes uh, on um, the original Evil Dead and the 2013 Evil Dead. Well, okay, I guess. Uh, we, we're not sure if we want to do s- full-on spoilers from now on or if we're just going to give sn- any snippets I of the I think we'll kind of keep it like this. Like, we'll, we'll set up everything. Yeah. And then we'll kind of keep the ending vague. Yeah. And... Uh, we, obviously, this is going to involve uh, this podcast, but uh, this is anti-suck, and uh, this is essentially our thoughts on the... Evil Why don't we talk about anti-suck? Yes. Because we need a name, of course, and we want to be a little more positive, because we have a lot of podcasts and videocasts that focus on the negatives of movies. Right. And I thought, we're going to talk about stuff we like. Yep. Let's be positive. We're going to be the opposite of suck. We're going to be the anti-suck. Anti-suck. We know what's good. Trust, Trust us. us. All right, thank my, you, guys. Thank you. Thank you for th- all three of you for listening. Yes. Hi, Brandon, TJ. Yes. M- maybe Eric. Yes. Thanks, guys. All right. Y- until next time, guys. <laughs>